Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitrap podcast. What's new this week, Mike? Not much over here, but I hear there was a birthday celebration in the Furman household. Yes, yes there was. Pa- my son, Patrick, he, he turned five. I, I can't believe it. Wow. Um... He's I'm I'm old. I am old, bro. I feel I remember when you know I had him like in my first or not me, but we had him in our first year or second year of um grad school and it's just now I'm out of grad I'm a year out of grad school. I defended a year ago Friday, last Friday. Wow. Like that's crazy. I've been a PhD for a year. Man, I remember your announcement about Patrick. I remember all the other kids you telling me about that. <laughs> I remember the PhD, man. I feel like I'm a part of the Chris Furman history here. Proud to, proud to you be are. included. You are. You are. That was a year ago because I remember breaking that on the podcast. I was so excited about you know your PhD and graduation and coming back down here to the D.C. area a year ago. Yeah, a man. year ago we were we were recording we were recording Memorial Day. Wow, okay. And we did an episode with uh with Brian from the comms majors. I'm just looking at our our schedule. Right. And then What's when it? I moved mm-hmm. to my parents' house, we did operate we did we did a whole episode with Operation Paperback. Right, our our charity endeavor. Mhm. Mhm. So So that means 2022 will be our second year or third third year running the podcast. Second third, third? year it would be third like year we have done it but we'll hit our two-year anniversary in april in april of next year yeah okay yeah so april of 2021 was one year april Mm -hmm. 2022 will be our second anniversary okay we'll be done with the mitrap books by then we'll be on our uh our next endeavor of the thriller podcast there's more to come but yeah wow two years in april okay yeah Man, hell of a journey. All right. I know. Time flies, dude. Time flies. Well, if you've been enjoying these podcasts for about the last year and a half, you can can help us in a very simple way by leaving a rating and review in the Apple Podcast app. Even if that's not primarily where you listen, just open up the app or go to Apple Podcast, search for us, scroll down, and click those five stars and drop us a note. We'd, We'd love to read a few of them out. On the pod, we already have 53 ratings, and uh, it'd be awesome to hit 100 before, you know, this uh, project is done with. Is over. Oh, there was one more, one more thing. Uh, I wanted to shout out a longtime listener and, and patron, Don Alcorn, sent us a, uh, a Christmas card. We got it in the mail today. Love it. So nice. It was oh, very, I, very nice. Thanks for thinking of us, Don. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, um we might as well jump into it. I, I'm pumped today because Enemy of the State, I feel like it was a forgotten book, at least for me. I never would have considered it a, one of the top. I, I just, for some reason, just didn't have it on my mind when thinking top 10, you know. But at the end of this pod, there you, you might be, I was surprised, and you guys might be surprised hearing hearing my rating of, of this book. Yeah, you texted me the other day. And you're like, dude, I just finished it. And I fucking loved it. Like, out. you're like, this may, you know, it's it's pushing up there in the rankings. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think I remembered elements of it, like uh, right. 
the Monaco scene. Exactly. And I knew that the Africa scene. And I knew Mitch had this book where he brings back, you know, this ragtag group of of former associates. Um, I didn't remember that it was this book, you know, like, uh, but, and then now that we're, you know, in the past, I've never like critically thought about, you know, the order of ranking of these books, right? I just read them and then I move on to the next. I just want to know the story. But now that we're doing this, yeah, no, this, I, I think at the, at the end of this, you guys are going to be maybe shocked at, at where we place this book. Right. And so jumping right in, you know what I like to do to review a book? I like to review that book in the form of a limerick. There once was a team of assassins, each with their own distinct passions. Claudia calling the shots as Donatella's got the hots all leads to some great interactions. Where in the rankings does this book fit in? Perhaps it is Kyle's best written. A dark horse for top five? Get ready to take a deep dive. With enemy of the state, we are smitten. What do you think of that one? I wanted to I wanted to capture the group dynamic, like you were saying. You know, I just I, yeah, I, I thought I wasn't going to enjoy this this team up, this mashup of characters from the past and the present. I thought it might be a little little cringy but man it worked out here uh no it very much did and i think one of the things i first wanted to point out here was how we talked about last week the covering the first 25 chapters it it was like very methodical and wasn't that much action action but it didn't suffer for it however these next 26 to chapter 59 or the epilogue whatever we just like a mad dash to the finish. It like really cranks up like right after we cut off and it doesn't let up. We're, right. we're going from one place. We're, we're jet setting, hopping all over the place. There's action here, action there. You know, Mitch is being uh, framed for everything. I I couldn't put down the book or I couldn't stop listening to it on the audiobook. It was that, you know, that riveting, that engaging. And that, that's what you want in like the, the second, you know, it, it reminded me very much so of, of Vince Flynn pacing. Absolutely. I feel like we haven't seen this very this from Kyle in any of his in any of his books today. I, I'm with you. I think this, in terms of action, felt like one of the closest to Vince Flynn styles that Kyle has done so far. Maybe the Survivor. I know he was really intentional. Sure. You have that house scene. I think it might have been Switzerland, the Obrecht Mansion, and right. then that leads into. The dinner scene, you know, with the fork uh, in, in right. what is that, Pakistan. Right. And I feel like that section has a similar amount of action that's nonstop and brings you all into the story. But it happens again here, and I might say at a better level. I I'm prepared to put this ahead of the survivor in the ranking of, of Kyle's books. Because like you said, it's just captivating. It's so compelling you can't put it down. And it's not just the badass action that's compelling. It's the conversations, it's the right. relationships, and then add into that, I've been wanting to see more Kennedy and Alexander, and giving Ali Nasser, this intelligence chief from Saudi Arabia, as the foil to what Kennedy is capable of doing, but then you throw in Alexander, who's greenlit this mission, but nobody can know, including Kennedy, and you put them in a room together? It's like, it's yeah, not that... just the action, it, it's much more than the action that carries this. That whole 
scene before Nasser comes in. We're probably going to get to it, but we can just talk about it right here. And they're having this cat and mouse game, him and Irene. Oh, yeah. And he's asking these questions as if he didn't send Mitch on this thing. And, and we're getting the internal monologue with, with Irene. She's like, how dare he ask me that question when he knows the answer? You know, like right. pushing it off on onto me. Uh, that was just, that was great writing. Very gripping. Uh, I loved it. She's got to let the president think he's playing her. Right. That way Nasser can be played. But Nasser is trying to play both of them at the same time. Yet she's also playing Nasser. So she is the only one in the room who knows both sides. Everything. Yeah. And she knows but she everything. doesn't even know everything. She doesn't even know everything. She doesn't right? even she's know everything. She's together. But she put it together. So she's deduced everything. Yet she's smart enough to know she's got to give different facets of that to each side. She can't let Alexander know she's read into what Rap's doing, or she figured out what Rap's doing. She can't let Nasser know she's read into that he's actually behind it all, and she has him pegged. She's just waiting for Rap to produce the evidence of it. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating. The three of them in a room together. Yes. Great scene. All right, so before we get to that, let's let's jump back to where we where we sort of cut off. Right. And immediately picking up, we you know, get this action in Monaco, which I think the whole club scene, we see this ragtag group of, you know, we've we've assembled the team, Avengers, the Ocean's Eleven, whatever you want to call it, Mission, the Mission Impossible crew. This is actually very much so like a Mission Impossible book. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of that movie where, like, uh, very, like you know, e- Ethan Hunt is, is like framed for like killing people, you know, and then he, right. he's supposed to be the bad guy. You know, th- it's it's very similar to this. Um, Ocean's and, Impossible. Yeah, exactly. Ocean's Impossible. That's, that's impossible right 11. There. there you go. Um, but so this prince, he's hiding out with his brother. They know that he, he's not going to want to play with his, his nieces the whole time. He, he's going to want to go to the club. Using Grisha and his connections. Freaking Claudia is a G with logistics. Oh, she's planning like, every last thing on this op. We got a little bit of that, like the hinting of that in when she was in Consent to Kill. And then I guess a little bit of like last book where she's like designing Rap's house. We obviously see she's like capable of, you know, being a project manager, essentially. You know, that's essentially what the logistic person of this team does. But here, I think we, we fully see how much Louis Gould probably relied on her mm-hmm. and why he was so successful and how genius she is. And then I think one of the best things in this book that Kyle nails is this, you know, the duality between and uh, between her and Donatella. Oh yeah, and the barbing between the two of them, and you know they're each going back and forth with each other, and then it's just it's for, it plays for comedy. It, I think it's hilarious. I, I don't know. What did you think of that? Oh, dude. Oh, it's spot on. We know Kyle brings the levity and the humor to these books. But it's not just rap. It's not just a cynical rap with his offhanded comments. It's the others around him, too. Donatella keeps calling Claudia your little French girl. And and she makes a point of kissing rap on the cheek or giving him a hug. and Kissing him little, on the lips. Yeah, right. These little touchy-feely things. And she's so direct about it. And then when they're planning the op and they need to find a way to get into the club. Because in Monaco, it's so exclusive. And Donatella's like, getting into a club. Look at me. I have no problem. And Claudia's like, well, we were thinking about someone a little younger. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe when you were half your age. And yeah. <laughs> to Donatella's success, though, she gets in. Uh, right. She's the more refined taste. She's uh, what's what's that Bond movie where uh, might have been Casino Royale or or they had Mon- Monica Bellucci, who is I'm probably mispronouncing her name. She's, she's you're Italian. She's an Italian actress, famous Italian actress. She's Bellucci. gorgeous. Yeah, but she's like uh, I don't know, late fifties, maybe sixty, and so everyone was like, "Wow, like you're gonna like she was the oldest Bond girl." So, like, kind of reminds me, this Donatella character, of that. Go, go look it up after the pod. So, there's one other thing Donatella says. Did you catch that she might have hinted at a threesome? Oh, yeah. Did you yeah, hear definitely. that? Yeah. She's like, bring her along. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Rap was like, I, like, no, I'm going to go rest. Donatella's like, you want to go out for a drink or something? Or she's like, out on the balcony. I forget. And Rap's like, nah, I'm going to go inside, get ready for, you know, whatever we're going to do. And Donatello's like, well, all of us can go in together or something. Or like, I, Claudia can come too or something. And I'm like, no way. Donatello, you know, take it easy. It's funny because I feel like Kyle has taken Don- the Donatello character and cranked her up to 11. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, she, to me, I, I feel like Vince never, she was obviously crazy, but not not as much as she's shown in this book but i like this version a little bit better because i feel like it, it more fits her character and, and her motivations you know yeah. you'd have to be crazy to you know she was caught by the Mossad for like having a bunch of coke on her right so like she was a crazy partier back in the day she's obviously broken by what the Mossad you know used her for and she was a trained assassin killer you got to be a little bit insane to you know to do what she did for that long I, we got a little bit of it when what was we separation of power right when she comes mm-hmm. back into the picture yes and and rap in there and then she's that drunk scene we, we mentioned it right. last pod but i feel like here it's it's cranked up a little bit right so th- so that's donatella and how she's involved in these group dynamics but let's just explore grisha a little bit more because we were impressed in the first half how grisha is brought in with the conversation in Costa Rica, you know, a character we really liked, a character we wanted to see more of since his introduction last book, but I just wasn't sure how he was going to work. Well, what's really cool is Kyle doubles down on Grisha's respect for rap, and we learn his motivations for saying yes, for accepting the mission. And it's really cool, I think, how how their de- relationship develops here. And I'm 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 literally caught off guard that I buy it so much because I wasn't sure about it when I first read the books, but now it's I, I'm totally okay with it. So just listen to this. This is how Grisha is thinking uh, about rap and why he he joined this group. Quote: What he did understand though was that rap could be as good a friend as he was deadly an enemy. It was this realization. That made him agree to the op, an opportunity to observe rap up close. The American was someone who could be trusted to stand with those who showed showed him loyalty. And there could be no better ally than the one man better at this game than himself. Like, Grisha really respects rap and gets rap. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up that quote because when I was thinking about that, if you don't have that one chapter... Where like right, that's when he goes into the nightclub, right? And we're in his head, and he's thinking about like why he's here, right? If we don't have that, I think Grisha 
in this entire novel is useless. You know, he could be thrown away, right? It's true. He he doesn't, besides the fact that he's freaking insane. They always mention when he's like, I think he's on camera and, and Nasser's watching him. He's like, that man like got from the A to B and he's like, how did he do that that fast? You know, and then he does this like improbable shot to like save people. Um, besides like being, you know, this cool Mr. What is that? Million dollar man type type character. Right. Um, and he's, but when you add in that chapter and, and you see his motivations, it seals the deal for me. You know, right. I understand why he's there. I understand what he brings to the table more. And then I think here we're putting the first kernel in the seed to setting up red war. And then right. at the very end, when the team disbands and everyone goes in their way, all he wanted was what a dollar. He didn't want any money. He, he has money. Right. And then rap says, obviously you want, we, I can't, you don't want money. What else can I give you? And he's like, all right, well, be there for me. If the rush, if the Russians come a knocking, I want you, you know, to help me. I, I need yeah. your help. I scratched your back. You scratch mine. And that's what exactly will happen in the next book. So yeah, I scratched your American back. You scratch my Russian back. <laughs> exactly. I think one other purpose, though, because we know Scott re- uh, recommended. We know Kennedy thinks there's use for him, and even Nash now is pushing to invite Grisha into the SEAL demolition company. I think it's also a test run for him. We know that really doesn't go anywhere, and I'm curious in Red War, I forget how Grisha is written out of the story, essentially. That's going to be a really important next book to for you and I to parse apart. But right now, I believe that this is kind of a test run, and if Rap can build his relationship to trust Grisha, maybe he'll open up to Scott, Mike, and Irene's possibility of bringing him into the crew but that's not going to happen unless he goes through the ringer with rap but now rap i feel like knows he can rely on him rely on him enough he might let scott bring him in down the road right but that doesn't happen when I fin- interesting when i finished his book that was one of the biggest things that i was thinking of is where does grisha go i, I can't remember from red war what happens and that, that's what i'm most looking forward to finding Same. out in the next book um, because I think these two books have set up this amazing character that's very interesting and can be an ally to rap. And we obviously haven't seen him since Red War. So right. you know, that'll be something to, to key in in the future. Yeah, Red War is going to be a real interesting link because another part of this book comes back big time in Lethal Agent, yeah. which this we book should not, get to. not only sets up the next book, but it sets up uh, his Agent. next two books. Right. So he obviously had this idea in his head, or he like, you know, wanted to leave it open to potentially maybe come back to these terrorists, right? Right. And if you're coming back to the terrorists and Sayyid Halabi, which you want to use again down the road, and then you do, why not Grisha? So I, I think Red War is going to have maybe some hints at that, or point us in that direction, because it just seems that odd that he just gets lobbed off. Right. So if we want to get there uh, to the terrorists, how does Halabi become? the big bad, right? How does he really become the star of this whole operation on the, the villain side, which he's fantastic by the way, but we got to get rid of the Prince. So the Prince goes into the club in Monaco. Grisha's in there with Donatella and all of a sudden Ken black, who is the sniper and rap both see these cars pull up with, you know, darker looking dudes. It's a little curious where they're going and how many of them are in these cars. Rap's like, you seeing this? He's like, yeah, I'm seeing this. 
Uh, eventually they get out. They start shooting the place up. They're trying to make it just look like your run-of-the-mill terrorist attack, shooting up a rich, fancy nightclub. But Rap knows, crap, they're after the prince. Because if Rap can't get to the prince, he can't find out who he's working with to fund ISIS. And their their connection will go cold on who is giving the money and who is this prince connecting with to to get to ISIS. So Rap busts into the club, makes sure he's not seen by cameras. Grisha, during the shootout, has to look like a businessman because he's under the cover of his oil company. Right. So while he's he's killing dudes, taking them out, he's also making it look like he's just a nervous guy who picked up a weapon and defended himself and you know saved the day. He even later has to go to therapy to prove and have on record the fact that he's scarred by this. And Grish is playing the therapist, saying everything you're that supposed was, to say as someone that was who's a been funny scene. trauma. Yeah. That, that, that was a funny scene. It shows Grisha smart. In addition to being the muscle, he's oh, yeah. as smart as like a rap can be in reading people and playing people. Yeah, but rap does get the prince. He's being chased by these ISIS dudes. He's got the prince in a car, tries to tell him he's he's a bodyguard of the Saudi intelligence and he was he was there to save him and get him out. And he convinces the prince as he's dying in the back of this car to give up a name. And the prince gives up Ali Nasser. And as soon as he says that, Rap doesn't need the prince anymore, dumps his body out. Which Claudia is a little confused about. She's like, how did you not get the prince back after all that? But Rap got what he needed. Yeah, and I guess the the fallout of all this is now everyone has to go on their way. He's a little bit unsure if, oh shit, we just thought we were tracking some dipshit prince from the Saudi, you know, government, you know, Saudi royal family. Now I have to go after the head of intelligence for the Saudi government. Right. This is this now just went up a level, you know, because all the president said was get the prince and and find out what he knows. You know, like didn't give him any more directions than that. But you know, you know, Mitch is not going to stop, and Mitch could care less who the fuck Nasser is. So, right, but. It really upgrades, you know, the intensity of this. And so everyone is, is dispersed, right? And But they all have to come back. And I like this, like, you know, Donatella goes, did she go to Italy or, or somewhere? And then and then Kent Black goes, like, drives off on a motorcycle to France. And, and like we said, Grisha goes to London, goes to the psych, uh, the, the psych, sees the psych doctor. And then Claudia has the intuition to then, all right, well, Nasser's probably not alone. So we need to find the people that are closest to him and find out what they know. And this is where I, I, I really like these chapters where Rap sort of knows where the story is going, but Nasser is a little bit ahead of him yeah. and is, is at every single stop is, is beating him to the punch. You know, we jump to Brussels where he has to kill his best friend and then frames Mitch for it. And then Mitch is like literally there like five minutes after the killing and it, then it is that it leads to the the idea of him being framed because he's seen right. on camera, he's seen talking to people, and then over in what is it in Paris, one of the one of his guys in in the uh, well, I guess he's the deputy ambassador. Claudia has one of her contacts setting up cameras. As he's setting up cameras, they come and they assassinate that guy. And what is the third guy? What do they use each time? Oh, exactly. They use a Glock. A Glock with one shot to the forehead. Yep. So they're making it look like rap. They're making it look like rap. So 
I, I really enjoyed this, you know, cat and mouse game that, that Nasser and, and Rap are having. Yeah, and that's happened a few times, this kind of really close cut. One's going out the building, the other one's coming in just a step behind. Right. And that that was a that was a very Flinian. It was Donatella in the third option with the ice pick taking out the professor. And then yep. that happens again with security cameras. I forget the op exactly, but there was another woman named Greta. Not the Greta. Another Greta who was like this tech surveillance person. And they were in a van outside and there was a hotel. Something very similar in another Vince book. It was, I think it was protect and defend if i'm not mistaken so yeah i don't know but it's an it's a device that's been used before but what's really cool because even with the action rap is still that spy like we talked about how he gets out of the hotel because he knows the security dudes are onto them he had to knock out two of them and he knows they're looking for you know the coat he's wearing and the hat he's wearing because the saudi guy who he passed in the hallway, tips off the guards. So he sneaks in the elevator and just starts chatting it up with this old couple. And he's like, you know, they're expecting someone in a hat. I ditched the hat. And they're expecting someone who's solo. But they don't expect somebody talking and walking with an old couple in a group of three. So he asks them, you know, do they know any good restaurants? He goes through the hotel lobby with them, casually walking out the front door. He even knows how much to tip, you know, the bellhop at the door. It's like five bucks will be enough for him to be like, oh, cool, but not enough to really remember me as someone. Like if if, if you give him a hundred spot, right, that dude's going to be like, whoa, he's going to follow you, you stand around. Out. You stand You're going to stand yeah. out, right? So he just gives him a five spot and, and goes about his day like he's just hanging out with these old people and going to, going to brunch. Yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason, I like seeing Rap as a spy. I, I like seeing him as an operative, too, but I, I really enjoy when, when we see him work as a spy. We're getting both, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, yeah. in the middle of all this, because this is getting pretty high stakes where Mitch has got to figure out who's trying to frame him and all these deaths and these close calls. Anna calls. It's just a total lighthearted situation. She's talking to Claudia, and she wants to talk to Mitch because she's like, Mitch is the one who can help me defeat the closet monsters. And I'm like, that's freaking amazing. Like, in the middle of all this, Anna wants to talk to rap about closet monsters. And that's why I liked Enemy at the Gates because Kyle's been dropping these hints that Anna looks up to Mitch, that Mitch is taking on this kind of role of a, a father figure. Enemy at the Gates, it comes full swing. But even as early as this book, Anna is warming up to Mitch. I think it it adds humanity to rap. Yes. You know, it, it brings them a little bit closer to earth, you know, because we, we see something that is plausible to have, you know, that, that conversation might actually happen. You know, like people have, if you have a family and you are an operative, you know, and you had a kid that age, they may call you and ask you like, hey, there's no milk. What do I do? And it's like, I'm trying to do something right now. Like, and it, it adds to the humor, which, which, you know, we know Kyle likes. Um, but yeah, it just adds to the makes rap more of a human being than this, like just something on the page who would never exist. You know, right, right. You can identify with him. Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, you can't. Most people can't identify with most parts of Mitch Rap, but you can identify with that being the dad, being the the father figure who gets called to take out the closet monsters. <laughs> I think it's also leading us towards the eventual coming of a rap that 
is going to take it slower. Not a domesticated yeah. rap, but a rap who is going to have to grapple with. I'm not going to be undercover like I was in Iraq with ISIS all the time moving forward. You know, I'm not going to be hunting and chasing the Saudi intelligence chief and a prince, you know, from the royal family in decades from now. So I think it's just slowly transitioning us to a rap who's questioning where his priorities lie, which is very human, like you said. Yeah. So right after this club scene in Monaco, we get two chapters. One we sort of already uh, broke down, but we can just talk about it more here if you had anything else. The, the scene with the president, Irene, and Nasser. It, it goes a little bit different than the first time around, right? So Nasser goes, first goes back to the president, tells him, based on the footage, we believe Mitch Rapp was in Monaco. He probably killed the prince. You know, he probably did this. He set it up. Go and then the what King Faisal tells him. All right, go talk to the talk to the U.S. Tell him that we need to talk to Mitch Rapp. You know, if if it's not him, we'll clear his name, but we need to know where he is. This then leads to him coming to the White House, and it's very different. You know, sort of the opposite of what happens in the first scene when he comes to the White House, where he has all the power, he has all the chips. And this time around, Irene Kennedy is getting on him. This is where she starts play, putting these pieces together. Oh. Wait, your best friend just got killed? Oh, wait, this other guy who we know that you're you're very close to, he also got killed. It seems that everyone that knows you is is getting killed. Like, what's what's going on with that? And he sort of plays it off as obviously someone trying to get to me, but she knows that no, it's the other way around, right? He's he's trimming the fat. It's a cover up, trying to trying to cover up anything that he has going on. And then the other scene we get is you know they all go off, they come back to Juba, and Rap gives them a chance to get out. Yeah. And I, I don't know, just, I really like this chapter where yeah. he he's like, all right, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, this shit is, is gotten serious. We're not just going after the prince. We're going after someone higher up. You can leave. And they're all like, no, we're in this to the end. Yeah. I like to finish what I started, says Grisha. Yeah. And Ken Black's just a kid. He's just excited. He's like, hell no, I'm well, in it. He's like, yeah. What did he say? Like, I fucking live for this shit. Um, But I don't know if it's said here, but it's it's it might be said later. Yeah, it's said later when Claudia says you have one who looks who look respects you as a man. That's Grisha. One who's still in love with you. That's Donatella. And you have another one who idolizes you and wants to be you. Yeah, and that's Kent Black. So like, you know, it's it's a very interesting dynamic where you have these three people, and obviously Claudia also respects and, and loves Mitch too. So he, he really did assemble the right team of people to, to be with him and, and do this mission. Yeah, dude. That's a great quote, a great little scene where he offers them the out. And I think that solidifies in their mind that Mitch is who he says he is. The yeah. fact that he notices the parameters changed. Each one of them lived up to their original obligation, which was let's get the prince. And he said, I, I won't blame you if you walk. You finished your job, I'll pay you, and you can go. I think the fact that Mitch offered that is part of the reason they stay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you here, we get another callback to a previous Vince character. What did you think of the reintroduction of Joel Wilson? Yeah. I think it's so smart. I thought it was genius by Kyle I don't know if it's more genius by Ali Nasser, but Ali Nasser's 
created by right. Kyle. So it's like the character yeah. is being extraordinarily manipulative and insightful, which means Kyle, it's all Kyle's invention. So it's like sure. it's true to character, but it's also true to the storytelling in the series of, hey, Nasser realizes he's got a peg Mitch. He's trying to pin this all on Mitch. Who is going to be a more authoritative figure to produce evidence against Mitch Rapp than a domestic enemy. So not a foreigner, not out of the blue, but someone within his own government with credibility in the FBI. He's been disgraced in the past, but he's still in the FBI, right? So he can use the American law enforcement mechanism to build the case. And Nasser just knows he, he's got to play mind tricks with him. And Kyle was even so detailed because Joel Wilson, the director of the FBI, got pissed off that he was getting involved with Senator Ferris. And the deal was, look, we know Senator Ferris was playing you. What book was that? That was this, uh, um, last man the last man. Survivor? Yeah. No, just the last man. Yeah. Just the last man. And he got banished to Bismarck. I was like, that seems to be like the FBI, you know, the uh, the timeout is that we send you to Bismarck, you know, just put you out in the Dakotas with nothing to do, twiddle your thumbs. It's the equivalent of like whenever they say in the Russians, they get sent to the uh, Siberia. Siberia, you know? right. That, that's, exactly. that's the equivalent. So Nasser knows this is somebody inside the system, someone already with a grudge, not only against his own organization, he has ambitions to move up, but has no path forward. He's got too many people against him, and Nasser kind of plays on his ego and says, "You know, I can help you. I can help you move up. You know, wouldn't the director seat look pretty nice one day? You can get back at all these people. What's the clincher? What what seals the deal for Wilson to total? Is it just the chance to get revenge on Mitch Rapp? I think, yeah, I think that's that's the big thing. Is the the fact? Although he he is apprehensive at first." This idea, he's like, I've been down that road. You don't want to fuck with that man. But I think when he, the big clincher is when he says he has the, he's been tasked by the president and like he can call the president and the president will say, all right, you have, you know, my full backing to do this investigation. Right. Because he craves authority. He craves approval from authority. That's right. Because he, he never got approval from his direct boss and he went, uh, constantly went over that boss's head. Uh, because his director was like, remember, he was out on like back leave, you know, and so he, right. there was this power vacuum. He wanted to shine because he, he has higher ambitions. So the fact that the president can, is giving him this order, this that's mandate, right. um, that's what that's the clincher. Because Nasser got the president in the meeting to say, hey, if I you think somebody. America's hands are clean and you and Mitch Rapp had, and the CIA had nothing to do with this, bring them in. And Nasser and the president's like, I can't bring him in because he's gone rogue. And then Nasser says, Well, why don't you use every tool in your arsenal to find him? And that's when Nasser says, I want the FBI on this, and the president has to give in. Uh, right. The president has to put somebody on it, and uh, he offers Wilson as, as the point person. So yeah, having the president's authority definitely. Wilson's finally like, I've got all the authority I've ever wanted, and an opportunity. It's a path up, up the chain up the ladder yeah and he, he uses that to his full extent you know he immediately goes to mitch's house and we get this comical scene where i, I could just see you know he he wants this team to to break down the the break down the uh what is it the fa the gate 
but like the 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 team know Mitch Rap and they know he didn't do it, and they're not gonna listen to him. Yeah. And finally, he like he's like, I'm gonna go do it, and I could just imagine like you know him having to grab like the battering ram and go over there and do it himself. And after like twenty minutes, he finally opens up, and meanwhile, the guy over here like clicks a button and, and it could have <laughs> opened up, you know, like something something bumbling idiot shit like that. Yo. But those SWAT guys, those SWAT guys are like, you know, whose house this is, right? Right. <laughs> like we're not doing shit. At one time, I think they even tell Joe Wilson, they're like, yo, fuck you, do it yourself. And they just sit on the sidelines. And the, you could see Scott. They're like, look up the driveway. You see that man with the cane? You know who that is, right? That's Mitch Rapp's best friend. I'm not knocking down his fence. <laughs> you know who lives in all of these, like fucking Roach lives over there. And Mike Nash lives down the street. I don't know if they're they're living there at, at this moment in, in this time. But, you know, there's this, Rapp had mentioned that multiple of his friends had already bought houses right. uh, in this area like no way i'm going in there these dudes are like no but wilson his ego he rams his jeep into that fence and raps like at least he had to ram into it twice at full speed the security measures i paid for ended up uh being worth it yeah and he he does i i, I cringed and when he's ransacking the house like oh, this yeah. beautiful house that that donatel that uh, not Donatella, that uh, Claudia. Donatella um, wants to be in that house. <laughs> exactly. She wants to be that, in that bedroom. <laughs> with the like, the glass wall. Um, yeah, and then this leads him to finding this tablet that has a picture. You know, the, the, the what is it? The, um, the background is him, Anna, and Claudia, Claudia current yep. picture yep. in South Africa. Which then leads him, you know, on on this goose chase, and he's a good investigator, you know. Like, oh, you got to give him that. I think Nasser even says like he he's good at his job, and actually, you know, Rap even says it at the very end because yeah. he comes full circle and comes on Rap's team and works to clear his name eventually. And so here's here's a Kyleism, and I wasn't sure if I was onto something with this, but the different puzzles. Joel, oh, yeah, Wilson, I picked it up. I picked it up as soon as right? he likes putting these things in. Yeah. He finds on the tablet emails, and one email says, oh, it hit 93 degrees today. Oh, the sun set at this time. Oh, there was shelling in the background from the war. Uh, the, the, something about a marketplace, right? Like, oh, I didn't need to take the car. I could walk to go get provisions at the market. And so Joe Wilson has his people like 93 degrees on the day nearby from a civil war. The sun set at this time, so we know the longitude. It's got to be near a market, a central marketplace in walking distance, but that the war isn't so bad you could still walk to the market. And so his his team pretty much narrows it down to Juba, South Sudan. And then there's the mention of a church in one of the emails or, or, or something. Or, or they hear from a local when they get to Juba that there's there's this church involved. And so they find a church that meets the description from from these emails. And so between finding the group in South Sudan and locating Claudia's house in South Africa, chasing down these leads, he's really leaving no stone unturned. Unfortunately, he's putting those investigative skills to go down a false and being manipulated by the Saudis. But if he were to use that for good on the American side with a good boss or good leader or good motivations, he could be a very effective character. Yeah, and I think... That has to be because of Kyle's upbringing and having a father who was an investigator in the FBI. Like, right. why he wants to show off these skills, you know, show him, even if he is a bad, you know, quote unquote, a foil, a bad guy in in this context, he's still a damn good 
FBI investigator. He's not some bumbling idiot. So. Yeah. Well, he is kind of a bumbling idiot, but he's good at his job. All right. So what do you say? We're we're pretty much descending on the church. Pretty cool. Another action scene at the church in Juba. And the team wants Rap to pull out. He like climbs up on this rafter. And then there's this combination of he killed this local warlord, this like arms dealer. Yeah, and early so, on in the book, right? Earlier on the book, right? That's when we put the, I think it was a knife straight through the top of his head and out his, his chin. And so he basically got Ken Black in a lot of trouble. And, the, and this faction is coming after this church, which is at the same time Wilson's team is rolling up. And he's just got some locals with him. He doesn't really even have a whole crew. So Wilson's rolling up. You've got this arms dealer pissed off his guys coming after this church. And meanwhile, Rap is hiding out like on a rafter watching it all go down, just waiting for his opportunity. And he knows Wilson's going to shit his pants. And he's going to have that opportunity to uh, talk some sense into him. Yeah, I think this is a great play by Rap. He... He knew that probably based on his actions early on that there was going to be some shit going down with either the previous, you know, like the whatever side of, of the Civil War. One was going to be mad at Kent Black. The other one was going to be mad at, at Rap for killing this this dude. So their odds are they're probably going to have to, they're going to come back. They're going to, have to be watching the church. Second off, he put those breadcrumbs in order to lead Joel Wilson and hopefully Ali Nassar Nasser to Juba. Let's put those, you know, let's get the three of them together in this church, and hopefully, Rap doesn't even have to do any killing, you know, because they're they're They'll gonna start fighting Nasser. each other. Yeah, it's a it's a great play. Unfortunately, Nasser is smart enough to suspect that this is a trap, sends some of his men and Joe Wilson just in case it's it's for real. Um, but yeah, no, this the action and the the sorry the descriptions, you know, the darkness and. and was it raining like or no they talk about like some of the uh, background and like you like you said where rap is i don't know i really was i could see visualize this very well from from kyle's writing right and what actually scares wilson because rap rap a couple of times is about to get involved he's like i could take all these guys out if i wanted to but let me just see what happens you know donatelle and kent black and whoever else is on the comms are like, get out, Mitch, get out. This is your only opportunity at survival. And Mitch thinks there's a better play here. He really wants to see what Wilson, who Wilson is in bed with. And it turns out, when push comes to shove, a couple of Nasser's guys, who actually are Halabi's guys, because we know Halabi is masterminding this, they turn on Wilson. And Wilson is like, yo, these guards the Saudis gave me we're about to kill me. Rap saves Wilson, kills the guards before they can turn and, and and take out Wilson. And Wilson is just scared. He's like, why would they try to kill me? I thought I was helping them. And Rap's like, you, you bozo, put it all together. These were actually ISIS guys. You were doing ISIS's bidding. Ali Nasser is funding and working with ISIS. ISIS's guys were trying to lead you to me. Because ISIS wanted me. They want to cover up all their tracks. They wanted to frame me. And you were going to be the idiot to lead them there. And Wilson's like, what, what, what? You know, he's all like, oh my God, I can get in a whole lot of trouble. And I almost died and you saved me. And that's when Mitch offers him a second chance. This whole thing comes to a close. 
they captured one of the guys and on tape, they get the guy totally just, they push him to his breaking point. He's like, you know, uh, Syed Halabi will destroy America and the West. He will not, even though you might've killed us, you know, you idiots, we're going to get the Americans. We're, we're launching this attack. He, he basically spills the beans and he clears rap. They ask very pointed questions and rap's like, are you recording this? And Joel Wilson's recording it. Very pointed questions that clear rap of everything. I'm working for Halabi. Uh, Nasser was working with Halabi. We went after the prince. The prince was giving the money to ISIS. We killed the guys to cover up our tracks. Like everything's recorded. And then Rap drives him out to the desert and says, you got that phone? You got that recording? You choose what to do with it. You can make up for all of your mistakes. You could feel bad that you were played by ISIS. You could stay out here in the middle of South Sudan, get eaten by hyenas. They even they don't even kill the other guy. They leave him out with a wild pack of hyenas. Right. And like right. they put some soft food on him or something. And then he's like, bye. He locks Joel Wilson out of the car and says, you better start running so you, you know. After they're done with their snack over here, you're not their uh, you're not their dessert. But he gives Wilson the freedom, has all the evidence to choose right. I mean, this is this is an interesting play by Rap because if Rap turns in the evidence, oh, it was doctored, oh, you made that up. But now Rap has an FBI informant willing to testify because Rap saved his life, and he's got recorded evidence that nobody can say Rap forced. You know, rap was right. kind of pushing to clear his name, kind of forcing an interrogation. No, an FBI guy can say this was an honest interrogation. All right, exactly. It gives him everything he needs to clear his name. Mm-hmm. So, and then the next time we see Wilson, he shows up to Irene's desk. Again, we get like a another time where we're in an office, and it's the complete opposite of the, of the first initial meeting. You know, because he came before and he was all like, you know, mighty Tough and powerful. Guy. Now he's he's beaten, he's worn down, he's dirty, and he wants to help. He wants to clear Rap's name, and uh, he gets he gets put on the the task to to start investigating this further, and he, he does a damn good job of it. So, yeah. Once, you know, all this wraps up. Rap says, you know, everyone can go on their way. He pays off Donatella, and gives him gives him each twenty million, the money that they stole from the prince. They has that he has that scene with with Grisha pretty much setting up red war where he's like you know we mentioned before where if if the russians come back uh, i'm gonna need your help which is exactly what's gonna happen and then the next you know the final step into clearing his name is to going to the saudi king and this was this was a little bit not, wasn't confusing but i i didn't see like where he was going you know like they touched down in saudi arabia and mitch gets off the plane and it's like claudia's like what, what are you doing like Right. What are we doing here? Why are you getting out? And then why are you walking to this other plane? And oh wait, it's Irene's on that plane. Like you didn't, when did you call Irene? And I, Irene just—I I guess Irene just pieced everything together and she showed up in Saudi Arabia. Um, and then they had this interaction with the king. Which do you think? Like I guess that's kind of a dumb question. But do, do you think Rap would ever actually like someone like Rap would actually ever do this to the king of Saudi Arabia? I mean, I, uh, probably not. But it was a little extreme. It was very extreme. It but was very extreme. Extreme is a great adjective when we're talking about Mitch Rap. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I almost, I almost didn't buy it. Kind of like in the other book where I didn't buy how quickly he turned on the 
prime minister or the the director of the ISI or whatever, and he just started torturing him and cutting fingers off like right then and there. It was just like I get that rap would do that, but it was so quick. Yeah, this was, was a little. Yeah, quick. this was just a little abrupt. Probably the one thing in the book that I just didn't buy as much, but not to say it's not out of character by rap, you know. But he needed Faisal. He needed needed Faisal to realize. Just shut up. Stop listening to this Nasser. Just shut up. Like Faisal, you know me. We've been through the ringer. I saved your ass. I've never steered you in the wrong direction. I've never lied to you. But now Faisal is about to kind of battle Mitch Rapp, and it's and he just needed to do something drastic to make his point. Sure. Yeah. And then he said to Faisal, he goes, here's what's going to happen. You and me are going to look very cordial. We're going to wave to the cameras. I'm going to be a friend of Saudi Arabia. You're going to put me on this plane. So all your generals, all your military people, all your intelligence sees that you and me are still tight. And no one has to know that I just turned a gun on you and threatened to kill you right here and now. And that gets Nasser to go on the run. When Nasser sees, you know, the images of Mitrap and the king shaking hands, being all cordial, and all of the Saudi government and all the officials knowing Mitrap has the blessings of the king, even after all this, Nasser's like, I'm out. They, they got me. Which forces him to go on the run. And did you feel this was also kind of a quick wrap up? If if that scene was a little forced and quick, was Nasser going to finally meet up with Halabi similarly a little, little forced or a little quick, quickly done? No, I thought like that that'd be his only place to go. You know, he has nowhere to run now that the the king sort of is. I mean, that's what Rap's trying to do. He's trying to make it seem that the king is now on his side. That. He has no place anymore in the Saudi government, so the only place he could go is is the, the dog that he was serving, that the master that he was serving as, as a dog. And it's interesting, like Halabi is could care less about Nasser, but he wants to see like what what he sort of has to offer, even to the very end. You know, like they odds are he's probably going to die like right there before Rap killed him in, in yeah. that in that tunnel. You know, but. Rap needs to find him, which I, I agree because he obviously gets out with some information. I don't know, may, maybe a little bit, but there is one thing that I wanted to ask you. So, right, I guess before I get to that, we'll set it up. Right, so they track him. They have to pull a bunch of strings. I, I guess one thing to answer your question really is maybe we could have seen some of that tracking. Like that would have been cool, you know, to break Dude. that down. Yep. Because Rap mentions that they, they have to like, you know, Strong arm armies, strong arm other yep. intelligence agencies. Call it, you know, he had a bribe like a freaking the Taliban, right? Yep. Uh, or, or some Al Qaeda people. Um, I love, dude. I, I actually wrote down. I would like to see a short story because it's one of these like one two line things that I was craving for more detail, and it's just right. like spinoff opportunity. Because Marcus tracks Nasser, he goes to Mecca to make it look like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing my Hajj, nothing's wrong here, I'm going to Mecca. But then from Mecca, he gets into northern Iraq, and Marcus is tracking him through satellites and all this, and I would just love to see this. And then Rap follows him on this electric motorbike, which isn't going to make noise when he starts it up, uh, which I think was a Scott gadget that Scott had for the the SEAL demolition crew. Yeah, I think seeing all this 
Mark, uh, Marcus and the CIA, kind of like what we did to bin Laden, how we were trying to have these trackers, these people who their sole job 24 seven was, was track terrorists, like teams of people assigned to track a terrorist. I would love to see a short story or spinoff of the ops people back at Langley tracking this dude from Mecca all the way into Halabi's den in Iraq when, when rap finally goes after him on this chase in the desert. Yeah, no, I agree. But I also think that not putting it here, it sort of adds to your imagination. You can sort of think about Agreed. that. Agreed. Um, yeah, you know, and we're at the very end of this. We don't want to be bogged down by another like four or five chapters. I, exactly. I could see why you, you just sort of just wrap it up here. We just had the closing action scene, essentially. Yeah. So we didn't need it. But Rap gets in. He takes it quick, quickly takes out a, a guy pretty pretty silently. I like the inner uh, monologue in his head where he's like, we can't have a gun go off. Like, And you know how when you're trying to be quiet and something happens and to you it, it, it sounds like so loud, but it's probably not that loud, you know? Right. And But Rap voiced that. And you're it's, like, you know, he... He like pulls one, you know, does one thing with this guy's arm and it's just like, I think he describes it as, you know, bashing in his ear, you know, it sound, and it, but it's probably not that actually loud, but to you, you're trying to be so quiet. It, it really is loud. That was a, a cool description. Right. And he decides to pull this grenade, thinks he can get out, well, knows he can only take one shot, maybe take out Halabi and Nasser, but definitely can't take out anybody else before he gets, right. you know pinned down needs to take out at least nasser and then hopes that the the grenade will take out everybody else little do we you know we find out two books later that grenade didn't didn't do as good of a job as we had hoped um well the grenade but, plus the collapse and right then the bunker buster alexander approves we drop a bunker buster all over this, this cave complex so we're hoping that killed halabi nasser and a bulk of the isis leadership I wanted to pose this question to you. Would you have liked if they stopped the book with Rap collapsing? Like, you know, the, the last time he looks at his watch and boom, end book. We, we, we get no epilogue. We get no Joe Maslick rescue. You know, we, we don't know any of that. Do, do, do you like cliffhangers like that? Okay. I, I kind of do, but do, do you? I wanted to ask you a question about that. I, I, I could like that. So I'm, I'm not opposed to it. And again... We know with Vince gone, we know with Kyle getting, you know, a one book deal here and now a three book deal. And, you know, you never know what the end game is. Right. So I could see that a cliffhanger like that, it could sell. Right. It could sell like, holy that shit, sell. is, is rap dead and you don't know for a year. But as much as I, I could theoretically be OK with that, I also think it could be cheap. Right, I was thinking that too. I do think the better play is here. It's not the epilogue where Maz finds him in the rubble and saves him. It's still in the actual book. It's chapter 58. And I think that's important. And the reason I love Rap seeing Maz is because it brings a close to the opening scene of the book. Mm. We as the reader could be left wondering if Maslik is really a team player, if he really has it in him to do these ops. If Scott's going to question, is he the guy? We already know Rap was questioning him. I think bringing him in to save Mitch's ass, I think is a great play. It's a great close the loop. 
I'd almost rather see something as brilliant as that. You bring it back to the opening scene where Maz is kind of in the doghouse and you close that with him being the hero or kind of just like very side story of a hero to save Mitch. I'd rather that than a cheap cliffhanger just for just for, you know, kicks. Yeah, I no, I, 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 I think I agree with you. It just it was a question that popped in my head. I, I wanted to get your opinion on it. But, yeah, you're right. It's Maz doing the mission that he's supposed to be doing. You know, not mm-hmm. not what we saw right. in in the in the prologue, but you know, being the operative and you know, being the quote unquote hero at the yeah. end of the day. So, yeah. Then that leads to the yeah. epilogue. Claudia's pretty pissed. Her house has been totally ransacked in South Africa, which is kind of like a symbol of this life. Her and Rap were going to start together. This next chapter, if you will. I feel like the houses being ruined at the end of this book is basically a statement that there's been a, a, a wrench thrown into their their life plans of they lived happily ever after. I feel like this is a wake up call of when you're in this business, there is no happily ever after. Yeah, no, very true. It it adds to a little bit of levity, but I think it definitely confirms that idea that yeah, we may be a happy family of three, but we always have to sort of be on edge and on guard. Yeah. But at the same time, we can we can shoot shoot monsters in the closet with some with a water pistol. So closet monsters come back. Rap Rap yeah. was on the phone with Anna the first time she was scared of the closet monsters and wanted him, and now Rap gives her a gift. She opens it. It's a water gun to go after the closet monsters. I just oh man, like you were saying, he's human. You can identify with it. As much as everything about their family relationship is upended with the houses being ransacked, the closet monster just lets you know that everything's going to be okay. Though Claudia, Claudia puts the kibosh on it. Yeah. She shuts it down. I think having having this epilogue and having it be, you know, I guess we get a little bit of information from the president, right? That phone call where he tells the information about the bunker buster. And obviously setting up future books, but having the levity with Rap and his family, you know, it because the, the book was just like so tense and so serious for the past, right. you know, since that Monaco scene, right? With maybe a little bits of humor here and there, but by bringing it full circle, it, it sort of allows for a little bit of an exhale. And, you know, but you can think about like, right. you can see, I guess, where Claudia begins to go in like, let's say total power. Where she's all about, you know, think about what you've given to this country. She even like mentions it a little bit here, where you know, af- after the, they kill the, the prince is dead, right? Right. You need to get out. You've given enough to this country. I like the what rap rap comes back. I I don't have a quote. I'm not like you, but um, he's like, no, that's not what I stand for. I'm I'm not. I stand for more than just clearing my name i stand for my country like i i I can't allow these guys to i can't allow saudi arabia like he he, so much so he can't allow the saudi arabia to be taken over you know what would he's seen what though what that happens when 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 you know what happens in iraq what happens in afghanistan he won't allow that to happen to not only his own country but another country just of people in general right and and dude i have the quote because you you Uh, were right That's a big statement about Rap's motivations. If you think a theme of this book is trying to start this next cha- next chapter, but then having a duty. And when when Alexander calls him into the Oval Office in the middle of the night and he you know wakes up Claudia, 
that's a Stark. You can't just start this new chapter and it's going to be a cakewalk. You have a, a duty that you, that you believe in. And so here's something towards the very end of the book that Mitch, that's going through Mitch's mind. Quote, sure, he'd originally joined the CIA out of anger and hate, but these emotions had been replaced over the years by a sense of duty. At the end of the day, he believed in what he did. He believed in America and the idea that everyone had a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Where Jefferson had gone wrong was in thinking that those rights were inalienable. In truth, they had to be fought for every hour of every day. You know, and Rap, Scott, Irene, they have to be the ones fighting for that. They have to be the ones to protect other families so they can have those closet monsters, you know, uh, moments right know, so exactly exactly but i mean so the ending is a perfect balance of the seriousness where they want to go after closet monsters claudia tells him no don't ruin the house it's already ruined enough and the collateral damage talk anna drops something oh, like that was funny about collateral damage and claudia mitch like where'd you hear that and like we're gonna have to pick this up another time she, Anna's picking up a little bit too much from Mitch. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if they use that phrase in front of her in a prior conversation. Probably. Yeah. Probably. And here's one last cliffhanger because you wanted the cliffhanger. The president says, we dropped the bunker buster. We cleared them out. The only possible way we couldn't have gotten Halabi in the leadership is if there was another exit. Which there was. Two books later. Lobby's crawling through that other exit, half blown to I, bits. I like how he sets up his next two books here. You know, I guess we, now that we know, you know we, we know the outcomes of it, but you know, right. we could see that Kyle was thinking about these things, you know, early on. So, right, right, right. All right, what a book. Yeah. All right, I think it's about that time, it, uh, Mike. Why don't you give me uh, give me your winners and losers? Who won this book for you? And give me your final rating. All right, I'll be quick about it. Uh, pacing wins. It it felt like a Vince book in pacing, in the storytelling. Uh, really cool that Kyle was able to capture not only the Vince action, but a little bit of this politician deception, Kennedy and Alexander and Ali Nasser. I almost felt like we were talking about Ben Friedman meeting with Kennedy right. and they're holding right. back on each other, not playing all their cards. And then you're brought into the situation room. Cause that happened with Ben Friedman and the president, you know, drops an ACE card. And I, 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 I feel like this is Kyle's best attempt at recreating that piece of Vince. Uh, so big winner there. I think Donatello was fun just as a, as a throwback, as a callback. If you're going to, bring back a character like Donatella. There's a lot of nuances, the way she speaks, the little uh, kind of aggressive or passive aggressive lines that she drops. You got to get it all right. And I think Kyle got that right. So those are my winners. Slight loser. Like we were saying, the ending got a, some parts were a little murky or a little, some drawn out the church scene in Juba, the action just got a little too drawn out. And then the Faisal scene going to Saudi Arabia, meeting with the king, was almost a little too compacted and rushed. So for pacing, that was really good in three quarters of the story, you know, six eighths of the story, whatever. The last absolute final pacing of the last five chapters 
not really sure if it if it landed, but the storytelling landed for sure. Right. All right, how about you? I think, you know, just to follow up on what we said last week, I love the the character buildup and the dialogue in the first 25 chapters of this book. And then, like you said, the uh, pacing. And as soon as we kick off, you know, we, we get the team together, we get we get the mission going. Like, everything with that is just great. I love all the callbacks that we get to previous Vince novels. Right. Um, yes, yes. Bringing in... Uh, doesn't even Joe Wilson mention something about like politicians jumping out of a, a jumping out of windows, window. right? The <laughs> fan like service, that, man. The fan yeah, service. It, it's it seemed there was there was definitely some fan service in here, and, and I, I it wasn't too much. I, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think the one of the main winners is Claudia, like really right building upon her character, and we get to see you know her in action. We get to see how you know outside of consent to kill. We get to see a, a different side of her, which I really liked. And my ultimate winner, I, I don't think we've actually picked him to be the winner, but I think Mitch is the winner of this book. And for the very reason that, I mean, he's really the winner of every book, but the winner why he's the the reason why he's the winner here, and he even mentions it, in, I don't know if it's mine or out loud, to Claudia, is he commends Irene. And for he thinks about everything that she has to do. And how he's not normally a logistics guy. He's not normally the thinker guy. He doesn't, you know, put these puzzles together. But he's on his own and he has to do that. And he begins to realize how important a role her, Marcus, Scott, all these people in his life that he doesn't have access to mean to him. And he he's up to task for it. He You know, he's not just this brute, you know, force. Whereas, like, if we then jump to total power, right? He pulls like the opposite of that. He's like, call me when you have somebody to kill. That's all I'm good for. Or in this book, it's not all he's good for. He he can he can figure it out. He he plans that or, you know, executes that trap, you know, and if Nasser was there, he would have had Nasser there, you know. So I, I loved seeing that different side of rap here you know, him more of the thinking person putting the logistics together. He. He's operationally aware. He, he sees when things that are changing. He's not blinded by, by things in this book. Where, where in the past, you know, some things he he doesn't want to admit to things or, you know, has this one trained thought. Whereas here, he's adaptable. Yeah. Um, and I liked seeing that different side of him here. Right. Yeah. Nice. You know, one winner. I think we both forgot. I think Syed Halabi. He doesn't have a lot of page time. He doesn't do a lot directly, but every time he speaks, you almost get the creepy chills of like yes. that villain from yes. Memorial Day, how Very extreme so. he is. Like Ali Nasser is doing everything by the book, checking off you know, his list, crossing his T's, dotting his I's, but Halabi likes the chaos. You know, the way he has the guys bomb that CIA team that's tailing someone and blow up his house not because it's a good tactical move but because he wants to strike fear in the hearts of people even his own people like he just has this extra maniacal demonic side of him that i think is really compelling that none of the other villains in a while have had so i think him just kind of pulling strings in the background Showing how much resources he has and being really creepy and really, you know, just an ideologue. 
I think sets him up as a great villain and even better that he comes back later in Lethal Agent because if this is all we got of him and he wasn't fleshed out as the ISIS leader, it would have been a little disappointing. But the fact that we know he's going to grow into a big bad, I just think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that we, we're going to get him back. Yeah, there's just a follow up in your comment. Nasser doesn't even realize that some of his guys are actually Halabi's guys. Halabi's guys, know? right. Yeah, like that's how in- infiltrated he already is in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah, no. What makes you think how many other intelligence services or international organizations does Halabi have ISIS spies in? Yeah, no, it, it Kyle did a great job of setting up this, you know, villain behind the villain. Because I would say Nasser is probably the villain of, of this story, right? You know, but the the leader who's who's calling the shots above Nasser and, and we we get to see it played out in Lethal Agent. And if you guys want to go listen to our conversation on Lethal Agent, that's already posted. We did that back in the lead up to Total Power last year. Yeah. So that's already there. We've already done that. Um, but yeah, no, I love this book. I'm going to go have to say my final rating, I got to give it a 9.5. I got to give it an A. Ooh. It's it's pretty high up there. I really like it. Wow. So I was going to go high. I was I was teetering between A and A-, minus, but I was going to settle at a 9.2, 9.3. Wow, I I really liked it, and you 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 won up to me. Okay, would you say it's Kyle's best book? You know, it's interesting to say that. So, my previous best book of Kyle's is Lethal Agent, and I I could see why it probably is because of this Halabi character that is set up here, and the pacing of Lethal Agent again at the very end is very good, in just like here where we have that whole you know, rap, then he has to go one place where he gets the Mexican drug lord and then goes to, right. you know, is in Mexico and tracking down this um, virus. Uh, I think it's a slight edge over Lethal Agent, but they're very close. But I, I think, I so far, I, I think this is Kyle's best novel. The Survivor is very good, though. Yeah? The Survivor is very good, though, too. That almost feels like, uh, see, that's, I think that's Kyle's best, like the most Vince novel. Agreed. So to me, it, it feels like, the, like it's almost like in a class of its own. You know what I mean? Right, right. Whereas right. all these other ones have felt more like a Kyle book. A Kyle book, If right. that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so I'd probably put those three are the, are the top three for, for Kyle. I, I'm 100% with you. Those are definitely the top three. This one edges out Lethal Agent for me. Okay, okay. And I think you're right. The Survivor as a follow-up to The Last Man is so brilliant. Think of also, you know, the history behind it of, you know, carrying the torch, picking up what Vince left, and could Kyle do it? How do you step in? I do, I think it edges it out, though, as a book. I think The Survivor relied on The Last Man, which gives it more, you know, it was Vince's story. I think this one might still edge it out as a Mitch Rapp novel. I mean, the Donatella, the Claudia, the the Grisha, the, the throwbacks, the Joel Wilson. I just thought all of that was so brilliantly done. I'm going to go, let me go 9-3. Let me go 9-3. Uh, where does this put it, though, 
in all the rap books. If we know it's one of Kyle's top, it's got to crack top 10, easily top half. Does it go as high as top five? I'm I'm struggling to say that. I think it, for me, I thought Lethal Agent was in the top five or maybe just outside, like at six. So I, I think this has to then push Lethal Agent out. And this is now either five or six for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to say it's a comfortable 7-8 slot. Comfortable 7-8. Could it be six? <sighs> to be determined. Yeah. That, that pot is coming up. It's coming closer than you think. It's so. coming with one book to go. But you know we can't leave the people. We can't leave the people without a cover discussion. And Chris, I don't want to bring down the mood, but... Maybe little... this is the loser of the book. This is the loser of the Here's book. Here's the loser of this book is the covers. I hate to say it. I hate to break it to you. I'm not that big a fan of really any of them. What did you think? We were coming off such a high, though. Right. That's the right, problem. Right. Order to Kill awesome. had probably the best set of covers in total. Hands not, down. I don't think it had the best cover of any a single cover, but the best set. But the best set of covers of any Mitrap novel. I think they, both me and you agree on that. Here, I don't mm. really know what we got. Mm. You know, we go back to the the initial cover of it. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. You, you got the star that's broken. I'm guessing that's supposed to symbolize, you know, Mitch is now broken off. He he's. You know, not part of the, a unit anymore. He's the enemy of the state. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really get the broken. St- like that's the only thing I can sort of grasping at straws for the broken star. Yeah. Some of the other ones where we just have like we have two with just these Washington scenes. The coloring of them are are kind of okay, but nothing great. Kind of blah. I don't know. And is this cover D? Is that is that some running man in New York? That kind of looks like New York City. Yeah, in some the middle sort of, of the metropolitan street, area with a taxi. Street. Like, I don't know. I guess that could be Brussels. You know, like when I was going to say the hotel around. scene, but he wouldn't oh, yeah, look this that's suspicious. He was playing that cool, leaving the hotel. Right. Nobody's right. running away from anything. Yeah. And then what's this bridge that's in I? Is uh, that, that the Brooklyn Bridge? Dude, like, I, I really think that's the Brooklyn Bridge, which. If that's the Brooklyn Bridge, I'm just downright confused, yo. Downright confused. And then in G, is is that... Where is that? Is that in Saudi Arabia? Uh, some sort of mosque? Uh, we don't I get don't any know, scenes man. in a mosque. And who's walking with this like uh, this holster? This, this chest holster with, with these boots? What kind of pants are they wearing into this mosque? Pondering? Maybe Nasser? Ali Nasser planning something? Plotting or is something. that like when Rap goes to meet the king? Like at the very end? I don't know, man. It's just a little weird between that and the Brooklyn Bridge. All right, now, Jay is pretty cool and like super patriotic, but it's a soldier. Nothing to do with the book. Nothing standing on a mound book. of grass with a light blue sky looking off into the distance. Like maybe that could have worked for like, I don't know, Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> or I don't know, uh, Platoon, some some movie. I don't think it works for this book. I think the best one, if I had to pick one, 
is H because it has one of the only things, you know, it's in a city. Rapt has a gun. You could say this is either one of the times that he's, you know, whether when he goes to Brussels or he goes to Paris or he goes to London, right? You know, I I, mm. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sort of grasping at straws here. That's a stretch. I was going to say F is kind of cool. F looks like a movie poster. And it's got a but couple a of tank. elements. It's got the black flag. Yeah. It's got the ISIS black flag. Oh, okay. All right, all right. On this tank like, or on, something. On the tank? It's got bombers in the background. It's got a, it looks like a, a radar screen or a um, a screen of like a, a fighter pilot or a guided missile. A dude with a drawn weapon. Ein Mitch Rap Thriller. Yeah, I, I don't know. F is giving me kind of cool vibes for a movie poster. But if I had to pick a, a favorite, I'm going loosely with A, just being the classic, the OG. It's the usual rap cover, some star symbol on a on a background. And cover C, I, it's just blah. It's like, what's going on? Just, okay, the Washington Monument with some trees and the reflecting pool. Sure, thanks. Doesn't make any sense for this book. It's got an ominous color scheme, but that's about it. Yeah, but how many times can we bail out a cover by saying, ooh, very ominous colors, ooh, dark blue? Of, of Washington. Like, it's always with a scene pick a Washington. monument. We can't bail yeah. out a cover over and over just be like, oh, at least they put something in Washington and made the colors look really creepy. No, you can't say that to get away with a bad cover that doesn't relate to the story. Yeah, unlike Enemy of the Gates, which uses a monument in Washington perfectly, you know? Like, yeah. That, that is a great cover. Exactly. And not the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> All right. I think we've judged uh, the cover by the book. We have. We have. Dude, it's not, been fun. Not, not, a, not a good showing here. But no. No, no, maybe, no. Maybe next time. Looking forward to Red, Red War. Yes. The final, I hate to say it, final Mitch Rap book that we will review for now on the pod. Until next year when Kyle comes out with Rap 21. But there we go. For now. Yeah, so be look be on the lookout for a pod next week. Not quite sure what we're going to be doing, but we will have one for you. Well, that'll be two days after Christmas. What are we, we going to take a break? or What are you thinking? Uh, we could take a break. You want to take a break? Let's take a break. We, we deserve a break. I think in two something have we years, ever... I, don't, I don't know if we skipped a week. Have we ever skipped a week? You've been pretty like honest to not skip a week, so I don't. I, we might not. Maybe, have. maybe once. Maybe once. Maybe once. Maybe I'll look up what we did last Christmas and see if we did a filler. If we got some some extra content to push out. If not, we'll we'll be back in the new year. Okay. And if you guys get anything for Christmas that's Mitrap related, let us know. We'd love to see it. Oh, I like that. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you have a great holiday. Yes, Merry Christmas, y'all. All right, so we need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us online at mitrappod.com or using Twitter or Instagram at mitrappod. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch.
Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Gorilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.